I'm Tyler. Taste like bath time dennering. <laughs> I'm Connery. Snow falls on top. <laughs> and I'm Alyssa. Tuberculosis on legs wise. <laughs> I thought that's the one Connor is going to do. I'm like, I was no. about to bring it up. I was so nervous because I did not have a backup. <laughs> I, I had two other backups. What if we just all said the same one? <laughs> Turbocalus is on two legs. I was also going to do C. Well, that's what happens when you do stuff. Was, <laughs> Jason Schwartzman really was the best part of that movie, though. He did great. He, he has this line where he's like, and all colors fade to gray. And he has this like, Oh my god, I did so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. I was like, what a great little moment. That is what happens when you do stuff. And you know what we're doing today? We're doing stuff. Hell yeah. On the Franchise Podcast, where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. And we are back in the Hunger Games Woo! zone. Back to the beginning with you. Alyssa Wise is back on the podcast, our first ever guest. Oh, I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> You can't believe that you came back? <laughs> I don't. Mostly, no. Well, that too. I can't believe how long it's been. I was looking at um, our old episode the from when we did the book, the book episode. It yeah. was about three and a half years ago. Yeah. Right? No or way. three. Yeah. It was June 2020. Oh, my God. I know. That really that startled <laughs> me as well. I don't like that. <laughs> We've obviously reached great success in the past three years. Uh, <laughs> We've all climbed to heights like we've never seen ever before in our lives. Yeah. And one of those is watching The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, you're on our Catching Fire episode. We did do a The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes book. We did a couple of book club episodes way back in the day. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was only fitting to have you back, Alyssa, for... For yeah. the Hunger Games, colon, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. God, I can't believe it's come full circle. Like, it feels like we recorded that episode like a month ago. I know. <laughs> and a whole movie really, really has been does. made now. Yeah, it kind of really does feel like that. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. because of the pen. Like, I, I guess I had a hard copy of the book, but I remember it was like hard to get for a while. It was only digital when it first released, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. I had pre-ordered mine, so it came. Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Before we talk about the Hunger Games in general and the new Hunger Games movie, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, we have to do our usual segment of What's New? Bow. Thanks, Connery. That was a pretty downtrodden one. <laughs> I was like a cat getting its tail stepped on. Well, this is a villain's origin after all. You have to do a Lucy Gray uh, guitar swing. Ooh. <laughs> Why didn't they cast you? I don't know. I'm where the crawdads sing. What? <laughs> That's another book TV show about a strong female protagonist. Okay. There's a swamp in that Is one she as southern? well. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot she was southern in this. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you're just explaining what's new. Any new media we've been consuming. Uh, I'll go first, just for uh, uh, convenience sake. Cool. I watched. We had a Lily and I had our annual. Well, okay. I can't even. She's in the background. She'll already correct me that it's not annual, but we have seen it four out of five years so far. Oh. Uh, every time around Thanksgiving, uh, you've got mail. Oh, I was going to say Polar Express. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although earlier today on the way back to the from the movie theater to home after seeing this movie, Lily said, I'm tired of it being hot. And I just said, hot chocolate. <laughs> 
Good, good. And then she the said, I do response. have hot chocolate at home. And I said, you got it. <laughs> you got it. It's never too late to make new Christmas traditions. That's true. true. Um, and I got mail today. No, I'm not going to make that transition. That doesn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> I just watched the movie You've Got Mail. We watch it almost every year, and uh, it, I feel like it ages worse every single year, but it's still <laughs> like just tradition. What do you and mean it ages worse? <laughs> well, just okay. like the technology, you mean? Or No, that's not oh, what I mean. Okay. I just watched it like three months ago, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, no, it, that's the thing. It's a really enjoyable movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just, okay, so if you haven't seen You've Got Mail, Tom Hanks and uh, uh, Meg Ryan. Oh my God, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Thank you. Back from their uh, Sleepless in Seattle duo movie, they're mm-hmm. back together again. It's like a remake of The Shop Around the Corner, which is like a '40s movie. Uh-huh. Um, but this has a lot more technology, like AOL, and you've got mail <laughs> yelling at you, and little digital representations of New York from 1998 or whatever. And F O X. And F O X. Um, <laughs> what's his first name <laughs> i don't know it's always the fox bookstore <laughs> yeah yeah so it's basically like a you know it's it's a rom-com but um tom hanks gets to know meg ryan so meg ryan owns a small bookstore fox mm-hmm. books tom hanks's character he has he's opening a big barnes and noble basically so just all that stuff like it's the tiny neighborhood store versus the giant like mega store is just something very of its time because now people just I don't know. I guess order. There are no small bookstores anymore. Well, I mean, there's more small bookstores than there's like Barnes and Noble, even like, right? I guess like, so. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, is it Joe Fox? Yes, I Joe think it Fox. is Joe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's basically where it's at right now. It's like you're supporting Barnes and Noble instead of like Amazon because Amazon took over the whole. That's what it was originally. It's just uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know the history of Amazon, it started as a, a bookstore online yeah. bookstore um mm-hmm. so there's just a lot of conflict between that and but even more so tom hanks finds meg ryan they've been chatting on on a on a messenger which is just that i just love any technology from this era i miss aim uh AOL instant messenger sometimes although it's definitely like not necessary in any way anymore <laughs> um but he finds out who she is that he's talking to over aim but she doesn't know who he is so he kind of like yeah. They start and he capitalizes on that. Yeah, he sure does. And they start hanging out in person, but then he still like acts like he doesn't know who she's talking to, and he even gives her advice on who she's talking to. Um, so she, he's Tom Hanks is basically catfishing Meg Ryan throughout this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> or gaslighting. Yeah, both of those things. But then like it's but the movie's so charming and it's just very like cozy and none of the conflict is really huge or anything there's just like a lot of fun dialogue between characters between tom hanks and mcryan's in particular there's a whole part about starbucks and how tom hanks hates starbucks oh, i remember that <laughs> with the tall decaf cappuccino um so yeah you know it's it's definitely uh of its time which is not that long ago but <laughs> it's just a very charming fall movie if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And uh it's yeah, it's on it yeah. is worth it. That's you've got mail. It's on Tubi. That's where I watched it. Every other streaming service let me <laughs> down, but Tubi was there for my uh near annual watch if you've got mail. Tubi saves. <laughs> it was also there for uh your Dracula two thousand watch. That's true, which you were there for, and that movie was not very good. <laughs> no. Is that your what's new, Alyssa? Yeah, I have not watched anything. <laughs> 
since October because I didn't want to, you know, when you take a really great bite of something and you want that to be the last yeah. lingering like flavor. So I haven't watched anything since since Dracula 2000. Wow. No, Powerful. No, that's not true. Have you seen Dracula 2000, Connery? No. <laughs> it's Gerard Butler. It's before Phantom of the Opera, I think, right? Yeah, wow, it was. It was like a year before. Yeah. yeah, he almost doesn't look like Gerard Butler or how I call him Jerry Butts, but um, you know, I think that's how he was found for Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's wild to be found for that movie and then get cast yeah, in a yeah. really great movie. He, well, no, he doesn't he sing. He barely found. speaks. He barely has any lines in this movie. He barely speaks. It's worth the watch. Worth the watch. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I, oh, I forgot. The, there's a whole subplot about how Dracula is involved in Jesus's death. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That was a wild twist ending. I think you fell asleep and you didn't get to see the What do you do? Twist. Nail him to the cross? The whole, it's it's Dracula's <laughs> orange origin story and it stems back to the Bible. Wow. Full spoilers for Dracula 2000, I guess. He may or may not also be Judas. <laughs> oh, of course he's Judas. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you can watch dracula 2000 on max uh <laughs> connery what's new with you we'll go back to this in a moment two things so one i'm i keep going back to armored core 6 and i think that's a problem for me now where every time i delete this game i end up like wanting to play it again then reinstalling it and then it just eats up time of my life the installing it or the playing it the playing it every time i'm like, I'm like oh well i want I actually thought saw this new thing i want to try i actually want to do this now and i want to try this it's just a good goof off game you get to build robots and smash them against each other it's awesome like battle bots battle bots yes like battle bots did you ever watch <laughs> battle bots connery once only oh, once okay then i'm sorry for referencing it like it was, <laughs> it was so widely known <laughs> i watched it a lot didn't you see I it know live battle bots yeah is. i went to it live in vegas <laughs> Oh, it was yeah. so was sick. It good? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> What's good about it? Um, good? I got really into like heckling some of the robots. Wow! <laughs> I had a little too much white club, but by the end of it, I was very invested <laughs> in wanting Hypershock to lose. <laughs> so did Hypershock lose? I'm not really like a sports. No, actually, Hypershock won. Hypershock is really good. They have all kinds of sponsors, unfortunately. Uh, so, like, there was no competition. It looked like a tin can going up against like a professionally built in a lab robot. So, like a full blown tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's much better than the drones in in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh, it's like something Viola Davis made, but she actually makes no robots whatsoever. So I'm like, no, oh, no, that's not an apt analogy at all. She only makes animal hybrids, like that weird <laughs> shark fetus in the glass. Yeah, that was cool. She should have used that. Should have grown it. So Armored Core Six on Armored PS5. Six. It's uh, um, it's it's. How would you describe the gameplay? It's fa it's a fast act fast paced action game. It's you're flying around as a robot shooting guns and rockets and lasers. It's awesome. <laughs> and then to just today, I made a really intense purchase and I got the Rivendell Lego set because I wanted to give Lego building a try. That's sick. Yeah. When I was going up the escalator, I had the big tote bag. Like literally, Tyler, I went back to my car after you before you and Lily got there because I I didn't want you guys to see me with this like gigantic ass tote bag. Wait, you got it? I got it today. You went back to your car before meeting us at the movie theater. Yes. You're like, oh, I'll meet you there. I'm just ch I'm just checking something out right now, and it's just the <laughs> entire Rivendell Lego set. 
Well, no, that was the that was the book I got in Barnes and Noble because I was just chilling. But then I got that whole Lego set earlier, and I was like, okay, in the car, I'm gonna wait in Barnes and Noble. But just assembling it in the back seat while waiting for them. Yeah, just like building in the back. He brought it into the movie theater, and he's just like, uh, all these tiny Lego pieces trying to put together in the dark. Anytime there was like, like a slow be quiet part. up there. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm furiously taking notes, <laughs> upside down, uh, un unbeknownst to me, upside down in my journal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to putting it together. It's like uh, try getting into a new another another new hobby. So we'll see how that goes. If I like doing this or not. Nice. Yeah, and then you could put yeah. it in the middle of our uh, recording table. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, we are recording remote, by the way, today, if anyone couldn't tell by now, but I feel like they can. <laughs> always can. All of my technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, mine too. Um, but just going back to, you know, the Hunger Games times, the pandemic times, we're back just how you thought it was, except more retro. Melissa, what's new with you? Hmm. Okay, well, I have moved. I'm no longer in Los Angeles, so... I've really started reading a lot more instead of um, hanging out with friends that I no longer have near me. Um, oh, I think it's like once you got out of like the fo the smog of LA, you're like, my brain is clear. I'm going to read again. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly the words on the page make sense again. Um, <gasps> I'm reading a book series right now called Iron Flame. It's all Ooh. the rage on TikTok. It is basically the Hunger Games meets dragons meets what? a school like hogwarts kind of thing is cool. it that fourth wing book yes fourth wing so iron flame is the sequel that just came out like two weeks ago so i'm like oh, nice. halfway through it sick i i had a mini heart attack when i saw something like that was coming out and had to do with dragons because a thing i'm working on that's just all to do with dragons oh really <laughs> yeah and so i looked up the summary and i was like oh thank it's god nothing like nothing it, like it. <laughs> yeah but anyway no it's good it is kind of the first book is very hunger games-esque where so like they're um writers like trying to get into this um prestige school if you will war college um and become dragon writers um but mm. to get to that point you have to pass all these other challenges and like kids die left and right I guess not kids. They're like 19, 20 in this um, to get yeah, to the point okay, with, then. with, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not as gruesome as seeing poor little Wovey get devoured by yeah, snakes. Wovey? Okay. We'll she talk about it later. Smashed by snakes. Oh, I cried a little bit, but yeah. She got smashed by snakes. Like, yeah. That's how they just overtook her when she was like, is it over? And she starts talking to the snake. Oh, and then God. just, Tiny Dinky Daffy Pancake yeah. Truck Driver. <laughs> ah, pancake by Bunch of Snakes. <laughs> but that's the, yes, yeah, so I've been reading that. And then also I just watched last weekend the new Scott Pilgrim anime that just came Ooh. out on Netflix. It was so good. Yeah. How was that? Really, nice. really good. Which like if you're a fan of the movie or the manga, this is, it's a completely different story. Um, but it's all the same voice actors as the live action. Like everyone came oh, cool. back as their characters. Hell yeah. Yeah, I guess they started like an email chain when they made the movie, like the live action movie in 2010. And then they just will respond like every all the actors and like Edgar Wright will just respond like every like three years. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's how it Michael's... started. Michael Sarah like responded to something like a decade later. And then like it kind of kicked <laughs> Yeah, off. he was like, LOL. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really good. Highly recommend. Is it based? It's not the same story as like the as the comic it series. It starts right? off 
exactly the same. The first episode is almost exactly the same. And then something happens at the end of the first episode that completely mm-hmm. changes the course of the story. And so the rest of the story is different. It's sort of like a what if, like alternate universe kind of situation. Gotcha. Nice. Hey, so Jason Schwartzman's in that too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> double Schwartzman. Double the shorts. Twice the pride, double the shorts. <laughs> Twice the pride, double the shorts. Uh, wait, were you watching that or where did you watch it? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. And what's it called again? Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim takes something. I forgot what. Takes a break. <laughs> I was about to say takes Take, a break. <laughs> maybe. Scott Pilgrim takes off. That's Scott it. Pilgrim calms the hell down. And the <laughs> other thing is uh, Iron Flame, you said, about a dragon yes uh, sequel to fourth school. wing hunger games dragon book really good gotcha well that's our what's new do you know what else is new a new movie that just came to theaters <laughs> a week and a half ago maybe two weeks by the time this episode comes out say the full title the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes Ooh. did we have any like expectation for like a hunger games thing ever coming out i know we did a whole episode on the book but like it just seemed to come out pretty fast. Like like you even mentioned, Alyssa, like we did that book episode and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's a movie, even though it's been three years. But when we did the book episode, we even talked about how in it had already been greenlit for a movie and it had just come out. Like I think we gave ourselves like a month to read it and then we did the episode. It had already been greenlit, like Yeah. Yeah. Probably before it even came out. <laughs> that was peak pandemic, I feel like, when we we're still in lockdown. And yeah. then the strikes going on this year and yet it still managed to come out like <laughs> within that time. So that like year and a half pocket. What did you uh, both think of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Um, I mean, I felt personally like, like, okay, so we read the book over three years ago at this point and I've kind of forgotten a lot of the stuff that yeah, happens, but as we're too. watching it, it felt so true to the book that like the scenes from the book were coming back to me and I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that. And by the end yeah. of it, I felt like, to me, it felt like it completely covered the book. There wasn't anything that I was like, oh, wait, what about this scene that, like, they left out? Like, to me, it felt like a very true adaptation. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Suzanne Collins, the author of the book, was an executive producer. And she was, I think, one of, like, helping screenwrite it, too. So it just felt like a really... A really true uh, book to movie adaptation as far as those go. Yeah, sincerely. I feel like they left nothing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like maybe one scene where I'm like, wait, did they leave that out? But it's the same thing for me where I, you know, it's been three years since the book. And I'm like, I remember the first half of the book a lot. And then <laughs> like the second half of the movie, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember they go here to uh, Sector 12. Yeah. Or, sorry, District 12. District oh. 12. <laughs> <laughs> I... And I remember, I think I said this note in our our book podcast, but like, I remember feeling that that kind of whole segment of the book feels a little bit disjointed from the rest of it. Like suddenly like Mm -hmm. the pacing like changed, the tone kind of changes. And I felt the same way watching the movie as well. You really feel that in the movie. Once uh, Coriolanus meets up with um, Lucy Gray in District 12... Yeah, <laughs> I got to get all my Hunger Games facts right. And she's just doing like a whole monologue to him. And it, it, that's when it feels like the most novelistic, where it's just like, oh, this is adapted right, right from a book. But still, like, I, I feel like most of the rest of the movie feels pretty cinematic and kind of stands on its own. And we were even talking, Connery, Lily and I were talking after the movie that 
it kind of feels better than the novel in a lot of ways in terms of like oh, yeah. visually representing the world and just having a yeah. fuller picture. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I was like, I think we're all like in the same boat where we all kind of really liked it, right? <laughs> yeah, way better than any right to be. I definitely expected that it would just be, I don't know, like it's kind of up there with like Catching Fire, I feel like, like which is I think the, the best one. I don't know. Do you have any yeah. preference, Alyssa? Catching Fire is my favorite for sure. I probably go like yeah. two, one, four, three. Maybe. Yeah. And then this, I would, yeah, I would slap this in maybe after one. Like I would go Catching Fire, OG Hunger Games, and then this. Nice. Yeah, I I do really like the first one too, but then like the camera work is so like of the time and like the shaky it cam is, stuff. Yeah. I'm like, no, why is Jason Bourne here? <laughs> why is Jason Bourne? Give me more swamp potato, less Jason Bourne. A little early for Katniss. <laughs> In the episode, yeah, we have to come back to it. <laughs> no, it's like so. At least for me, I'll just say my my taste and all this stuff. Like I don't know, any listener <laughs> knows that I love the Phantom Menace and must bring that up anytime it's you know even vaguely remotely related <laughs> to what we're talking about. Um, just like building out the world and the politics and everything like that. But I feel like Hunger Games does it more effectively and cleaner and mm-hmm. um, way more like adult in a lot of ways. Even though it's you know labeled as young like young adult novels or whatever right like this whole movie is like really adult like there was like an eight-year-old sitting next to saying like a a few chairs away and i was like and i saw our whole family leave at one point i was like oh good like they realized this is way too violent for but then they all came back and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) you're ready for it yeah she was like they're like can you handle this honey can you handle the bodies being chopped up to be eaten did she say that? No, I just was. I'm just making a joke. That's what they gave her a pep talk outside about. Yeah, I mean, hey, we, we just did all the Evil Dead movies and like talking about how many of those they had to cut down to R from NC-17. Like this, really, like this movie's rated PG-13, right? Like it. Yeah. It, there's no. It's honestly like the most intense PG-13 movie I've seen in like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of deserves just, an R. <laughs> yeah, they kind of just like cut away. At the- the last second before every death but like you can imagine exactly what it looks like because it's a split second before it happens like a neck being chopped or something we see a girl get stabbed with a pitchfork and a spear (laughs) true that's pg-13 that's fine that's like that's like friday the 13th you know (laughs) they're children i agree though and back to the star wars thing you were saying like i remember us talking about that in the book podcast about how you know, it's a very similar of like, oh, we already know they're a villain, Darth Vader. And now it's so interesting going back and seeing like what made them become that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Anakin's story, it was a lot more abrupt and kind of like, I, it didn't really feel as realistic as <laughs> yeah. Snows did. Cool. Snows was, it, it was a bit more gradual and subtle, but it also kind of felt like he always had that in him unhinged looking at all times yeah which i forgot to mention that Alyssa was also on the phantom menace episodes so (laughs) yeah (laughs) and props for suzanne collins for like making him make snow feel like he's in the right even like really weird situations like that it's a really interesting corruption of a person right you kind of hate high bottom like you're like oh he sucks he's like against our sort of protagonist in this yeah but then it's like his whole deal is like feeling bad about the hunger games being made and yet yeah, like, yeah we're but, kind but, of made to like hate him but such anus is like 
the worst kind of self-righteous person who like snow says do good with the money you have like you're on top like do good from there and he's like oh i'll be a peacekeeper i'm gonna help the p i'm gonna like sneak into the games and warn this dead guy's body he's like what are you doing <laughs> like you're not doing good you're just trying to get yourself killed it's not very bright and then by the end of it it's like when he's like starting to start a rebellion in again inside district 12 i'm just like dude like you're just yeah. gonna get everybody killed like you're an idiot yeah, there's there's a few things going on with the characters there, right? Like I I, I thought like I mean we read, we all read the book, but it just like I feel yeah. like translates to screen better than actually reading the book. Some like I don't know how that is, except for just having great actors and mm -hmm. good like a good script and like they're both great visuals. They're both so good together. Yeah, like, like such you, anus and snow like play each other, play off each other so well. It feels a lot like to me like <laughs> I know I, I brought up Phantom Menace about the politics and stuff, but um, well, to dive into that, like what I like about um, the the third and fourth Hunger Games movies so much is that it it, it follows a lot more about like the political systems of, of Pan Am mm -hmm. and like some of the backstory with like Heaven's Bee and stuff like that and and, and Coriolanus. And by the f end of the fourth movie, it's like, oh yeah, we overthrew the government. Now we're gonna just make a new government that may also be kind of corrupt, <laughs> just in a different way, I guess. But this just goes into the backstories of of everything and in, in a way that I really really liked and it it feels very like cold war soviet era like like east eastern europe or something like all of um the capital and everything and like very 1960s yeah. and just the overall like aesthetic of that very brutalist architecture yeah. over in the capital mm -hmm. yeah and just even i remember on that episode the book episode where i was like oh yeah he's um lucky um oh my god what's his last name wickerman yeah, Lucky Flickerman is no Caesar Flickerman. Caesar Flickerman has all the pizzazz, but Lucky is like really good Trying. in this too. I just, it, I just had to visualize it for myself. I, I feel like <laughs> just to see Jason Schwartzman on screen to be like, oh, this works perfectly. Where he's like '60s weatherman <laughs> who is now announcing <laughs> the games, and nobody really knows if they're doing it right. Like this is like a kind of dictatorship or like fascist government that. Yeah. Um, the kid doesn't even know how to do propaganda right yet because like <laughs> the war only happened 10 years ago and they're kind of like reforming everything. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's I could just go on and on about how it's very interesting seeing like, oh, this giant it's like the Empire one or whatever. It's like, OK, here's yeah. the next few years of just all the bureaucracy of like forming a thing where it's like, oh, well, like the quote unquote, like correct well, I, actually, I have no idea. Like, that's not true. I don't know if, like, the correct people won. Alyssa, do you know the background of the war in Hunger Games and everything, like, with Pan Am? Because I know, like, the districts... Well, they even say in this movie the districts started the war. Uh, or so somebody from that perspective says. But do you know, like, what the war was about and everything? Like, did they go into detail ever in the books? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was generally just kind of the same as in the Hunger Games, where it's like the situation of the capital exploiting the districts, not distributing enough to the districts. And in like Katniss's era, it's like an even more extreme level of disparity between the capital and the districts. So I mm -hmm. think it was just kind of more of the same, but like not as bad as it gets later. Gotcha. Well, it feels like the capital doesn't even really know how to like run things properly yet at the beginning of this movie, even though it's been like 10 years after the war. 
So they're like still figuring out the Hunger Games and all that stuff. Like I don't know. I like the usually the prequely stuff can be really annoying in, in in a prequel movie, but I feel like all that stuff they accomplish pretty well. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I agree. The politicking is my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the book and in this movie. Like I like <laughs> that Snow goes to like politics academy for little fascists. <laughs> yeah, for little fascists who everyone has the same uniform. I love those asexual uniforms though. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I really liked how they didn't like try to bridge the gap between um, Snow's era and Katniss's era all in one movie. They kind of planted little seeds where like you as the audience, if you are familiar with the Hunger Games, see, oh, I know where that's going. I know what that's going to lead to in the future, as opposed to trying to like get there all in one movie. I thought it was sure. really effective in doing that. Yeah, it also like leaves room for maybe two more snow movies even though those books haven't been written like it kind of feels like oh i do want to know more about this guy because it's the whole thing with well (laughs) not to always mention star wars but it's like oh how did the emperor come to power how did anakin turn evil it's the same kind of stuff give Um, me that sheave origin story (laughs) coriolan coriolanus sheave this movie also reminds me of this uh this other film called the childhood of a leader which is it's like set in the twenties, basically between World War One and World War Two, and it kind of is like a mirroring like Hitler's rise to power. It's just showing this this leader coming to power uh, when he's really young, and just showing like the growing fascism and his opinions and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like you know uh, I don't know if art house is the right term, and I don't know if it totally like works, but I feel uh, my main point is I feel like this movie works a lot better to establish so showing someone who's like trying to do good i guess you know in this in this society that does not like support doing good or being kind (laughs) to people um to him kind of just giving in to that i guess you know to becoming he kind of just fully becomes like like the system by the time he's president you know he's in charge of all of it he's actively encourages it i forgot the twist that uh peter dinklage's guy is like (laughs) dies responsible for the games and like heavily regrets i knew he died but i was like i forgot he had the whole like moment of regret where it's like hey this is all your dad's fault i wanted to end it and then you i tried to keep ending it be basically the good version of snow being like i tried to stop this any way i could and now you've made this live forever. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and you don't realize any of that backstory until it's all way too late. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you actually created, like, the hunger for the games. Yeah. Oh, um, see? I'll, I didn't even think about that. Tyler, you're brilliant. No. <laughs> no, that's good. That's that's exactly what it is. That's what the whole thing's about. <laughs> It's like, it's in the title. It's true. <laughs> People also don't eat a lot of food in this movie, I feel like. They right. Well, that was, that, was, that was why it was called The Hunger Games at first, because yeah. they would starve them. Yeah. <laughs> they drop a lot of water that never gets drank in this movie. I was, I was worried about um, Rachel's, Rachel Zegler's, like, being dehydrated because she didn't, she spilled all that water out instead of drinking it. Yeah, right. She couldn't have taken like a little glove and then like resealed, <laughs> like just like poured the poison and resealed. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, yeah, I just feel like this this movie is really effective at showing how all of that happened, even though like there's certain points where, okay, so like I know we're just jumping ahead, but can we just talk about like the thing that is maybe the most confusing to me in this movie, like the whole like back room dealings with the guns and like the mayor's daughter yeah. and stuff like oh yeah that he just me. <laughs> he just like shoots her really fast i'm like okay i guess it's so that she doesn't 
narc on all of them so they don't get hanged, right? Like, is that yeah. what he's... Okay. Because he does it so quickly that it just kind of feels, like, so fast. It's like, wait, what's happening? And he, whenever he does, like, a, a like a bad decision, like killing the kid in the, uh, in the stadium, like, he mm-hmm. definitely didn't need to hit him again, but he decides no. to. So... He snaps you know, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like, for all the things, like, you kind of really want to root for him in the beginning of this movie. You know, he's in the upper class, but it's just because of, like, legacy, really. He's, he doesn't have any, his family doesn't have any money anymore. They don't have, really yeah. have much to, like, stand on. It's just that his dad died in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's like, oh, he's kind of the underdog of all these, like, <laughs> really, like, mean Elitist. rich people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you see that guy become a total fascist by the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Basically proves right who he always was probably going to be. But I guess, you know, you have to see them become evil, but I don't know. Yeah. I just, some, some of the things he did just felt very sudden. I don't know if it like, if you really got like the psychology of the character. I remember reading yeah. the book. So much of it is going on below the surface. Like it's right. all, it's all thoughts that we're reading. So I remember us saying like, whoever, it is it's gonna have to be really effective and like getting all of that across just through like facial expressions like very minute facial expressions but mm-hmm. yeah oh so much of of snow's character is really like what he thinks about things not mm-hmm. what he says or does yeah because yeah, wait waiting on the sidelines for the right time to come in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly he's like a strategist instead of um He's like the opposite of Sejanus, who's just like all like heart and just can't plan anything out, basically, mm-hmm. because he just oh that boy he, he can't yeah. live the long game and I mean, like that's Snow's whole thing is the long game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about the cast in general in this movie? I thought here I'll have I'll let you guys have your thoughts first. Sure, I thought I thought it was great. I remember on the podcast before we talked about our casting of of everyone and like everyone I said was very well known actors because like that's how i play that game but i really like <laughs> i haven't do. seen any of those people in anything other than like peter dinklage and viola davis like i had not seen yeah. i haven't seen west side story so i hadn't seen rachel like zegler before um the guy that plays coriolanus i have not seen he was only in like five or six other things and i hadn't seen any of that um, he does great yeah i really liked him for that i liked all yeah, of them I- I remember like when he was cast or when this movie like is getting close to coming out, it's like, oh, it's Tom Blythe from blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, who? Like what? Like I just never caught on from what he's from, but like people knew him from stuff and I still don't know what he's from. He's in some like Western show, Billy the Kid or something. Oh, okay. But Hmm. I, yeah, I learned that today on IMDb. (laughs) Yeah. When like Rachel Zegler, when when they, uh, when she, you know, shows up on screen, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if I like totally am into her character, like her her, her uh, performance of it and everything. But I was just like, oh wait, yeah, like, why did they cast her? Oh, because she's an incredible singer. Like, yeah. duh, that's like a huge part of her character. That makes yeah, total and sense. And she's very effective at it. She can sell all those. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought everyone was really good too. And she's, she was, she really held the whole movie together too with Tom Blythe. Like, there's certain points, like some of the dialogue, where it's just like, oh, that could easily be come off like from a lesser performer. I feel like it could come off like just kind of stale or rigid, you know. But they yeah. both effectively 
like ex- express the emotion of the scene even if the words that they're saying fail them or are, like are too rough mm-hmm. you know like yeah like the, tr- the trust thing the trust thing felt very forced mm-hmm. the trust thing the trust model she was like trust is more important to me than love it feels very booky at that point yeah i think that's the monologue that yeah it's like, yeah i just totally forgot that she's southern but i'm like oh wait no yeah like that makes <laughs> sense because i guess katniss should be southern too right kind of yeah they're from the same place i think she's supposed to be like romani like crawdad lady though <laughs> yeah she's like the travelers not really right. actually part of the district right there's like all the that's the thing with hunger games too is like oh there's a lot of interesting stuff to think about that they haven't really explored yet with all mm-hmm. the politics and the cultures and everything like even the districts have different mm-hmm. cultures each but i feel like i'm sure if you if i read the books it would go into more detail but um not really not really <laughs> <laughs> no not really <laughs> But yeah, I was like, oh, she's doing her southern drawl here. It's like the taste like <laughs> tastes like bath time. <laughs> it tastes like bedtime. <laughs> I thought she said bath time. It's I, bedtime. It yeah, is? I think she no, said bedtime. Okay, I got it wrong. Tastes like bath time. <laughs> the way she said it, it sounded like an action line. Like like slime and like, ooh. Mm, tastes, tastes like bath time. <laughs> tastes like bath time. <laughs> i got my yeah i got my i got my quote wrong oops um but uh yeah she's a southern lady she's very dolly parton at points uh there's always one scene where she's whispering in the alleyway and she sounds straight up irish or something i'm like okay (laughs) like so she's i mean that's the thing with like any doing accents i don't know i i guess i shouldn't have even brought it up because i like her performance a lot it's just uh you know it's just stuff like that like the direction of being like make her southern because reasons like she could have just not had the accent you know yeah very easily but we won't be authentic here Alyssa, what are your thoughts on swamp potatoes yeah that looked like didn't i guess i don't know it looked maybe comparable to a green onion it didn't have very much of like a potato like body i wouldn't really call it a swamp potato i don't think that's an apt name for it yeah i guess swamp green onion is the same thing as calling it an ogre because <laughs> every word in that is related to shrek just got shrek on the brain at all times yeah that's true i can't get it out of my brain ever since the surgery the sh- <laughs> <laughs> my shrek brain surgery um <laughs> you have one quarter of an ogre brain now <laughs> Connery, thoughts on swamp potatoes? Swamp potatoes. I love Katniss. It's one of my favorite foods to eat. Just like that guy in the beginning eating a person. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> chopping up a limb. Oh, speaking of Rachel Ziegler's accent in this, it's like I did think she sounded kind of like Sling Blade every once in a while. Sling Blade. <laughs> French fry potato. Some people call it. I can't do it right now. <laughs> Some. Oh, damn it. I can't. I can't do it. Hmm. Swamp potatoes. I like Katniss better. It's got an ice ring to it. Mm. <laughs> you got an ice ring to it. Right, swamp potatoes. <laughs> That's all I got. Trust is more important to me than anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. Love and love. <laughs> is there anything uh, you guys wanted to point out specifically in this movie? Because I have some like you know notes written down that I wanted to bring up, but I I uh, I want to know if there's I, anything you guys wanted to talk about. I like the scene with the snakes a lot that was always my favorite part that snow did in the books especially with like the tricking the game master lady and putting the handkerchief in the snake tank yeah 
I I always liked that sequence a lot. I thought that was really smart, and it was like actually her like going back to me like, oh, he has these things on hand, and it makes a lot of sense when he does it because it's smart. He's smart, so everybody has to be smart. But <laughs> well, you're saying him sneaking his like uh, handkerchief in there. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I I always like I liked the part in the book. I liked it in the movie being executed. And uh, I like her. I like Lucy Gray singing her song "Covered in Snakes." I think I think that whole sequence is really badass. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I literally wrote like it's so powerful, <laughs> singing yeah. a song full vocals with snakes all over you. Like, it could like have awesome. been really it's cheesy, like, but it turned. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, it really easily could have been like really bad, but it's like, oh my god, this is so cool! <laughs> like the way she's like the intensity she looks at the camera and all the snakes all over. It's just so good. Man, like Viola Davis too is like she's just a step away from being too much in this movie, but I feel like it all works. Where yes, she's just she... like so extra and like an evil clown lady kind of. Yes, <laughs> like she's so close to like losing her mind and going into mad scientist, but like she like restrains herself and just stands on that line. <laughs> I think someone had to be right because the yeah the right. Hunger yeah. Games movies are so the capital people are so over the top. Um, mm -hmm. every single person that it wouldn't have been a very realistic transition to have like nobody like that so having yeah. someone that's like as powerful as like the head game maker be someone that's like a complete just like out there caricature of a personality like i think that yeah. worked really well yeah she's like leading the way too in mm -hmm. terms of um the games the and you look at like heavens be like philip seymour hoffman i guess you know he is a he becomes a rebel or whatever like fighting yeah. against the capital but he's so um restrained he's not like that at all but it's because everyone else is like like caesar flickerman to lucky flickerman <laughs> like i really liked lucky in this because like all right i'm figuring this out he's like the granddaddy of of caesar and caesar's just like <laughs> Caesar's just definitely like on a lot of drugs every day and like being weird. Like <laughs> he's way out there. <laughs> he's just on a lot of drugs every day. Morphling. What was it? Morphling. The drug. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. is it morphling? Morphling, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not morphine. It sounds morphine. a lot like morphine. And the effects <laughs> yeah. are very similar, but it's not the same. It's morphine. <laughs> What about Peter Dinklage in this movie? Like, I'm really glad they had that explanation of, like, why he's, well, what he's taking and why he's taking it at right. the very end, where it's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, I created the games, you know, kind of as a joke or something. And it's, it's like, oh, great. Now all these, like, fascist idiots want to do it. Like, this sucks. Because <laughs> I wanted to destroy it. And, like, now I do this to, like, cope. But I was like, oh, yeah, his performance is kind of akin to his in Destiny. Like, he's very... <laughs> It's, it's the destiny game where he's like just very uh go to that command point low energy uh, good job guardian yeah i thought his performance was great his wig mm -hmm. was not giving as great of a performance though it was very <laughs> distracting to me it looked like one i have from amazon that i did for like a low-key harry potter costume one time yeah <laughs> He's also kind of dressed like Rasputin or something. Like, he is. Or like, like a priest. He's like a monk man. Yeah. yeah. He's just a drunk monk man. Um, <laughs> he's the drunk monk. Uh, yeah, just the way he dies was like, he still sells it. It's, it is like one of those just classic silly death scenes in a movie where he's just like, I took the morphine. Oh, no, I'm dying. But like, it still works. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You know, like whatever. Yeah. At least it wasn't drawn out. It was a very quick kind of like choke and die. And he turns yeah. cold and like gray so quickly. Um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to talk about was I had read an article that 
there was talk of splitting it into two movies that kind of kind of like how they did with Mockingjay. And then the yeah. only reason they didn't do that was because people hated that they did it to Mockingjay. But oh. this movie would have worked way better doing it that way than Mockingjay would have, I, I think. Mm, Having yeah. like being able to end it after like the first Hunger Games or the 10th Hunger Games was over. And then the next yeah. movie being like a more developed movie about his time like in the district with like the, the peacekeeper role and that type of thing yeah that's when i feel like the characters don't get developed very well like their their romance feels really rushed i don't know mm-hmm. i would have i would have liked to see it as two movies personally in this movie i would argue they barely have romance at all yeah like they're, they're just like kind of together ish yeah like even after they're in the forest like escaping at the end like near the end i'm just like wait why is she with him like she's kind of fine it's like right. oh i guess because she was a witness to the crimes so she could like be arrested or something yeah. like that's really the only reason i think it, it's just like they were saying it was because the the mayor blames her because the mayor already uh, knew she had a grudge against the daughter and the boyfriend so he yeah. Yeah, she was just kind of like the natural person to pin it on but yeah because right. i'm like otherwise why is she with this man who like just said he murdered three people yeah and then, like it's like wait three people who else did you kill like it's like yeah that guy's like uh, probably not a good dude <laughs> the old me <laughs> yeah what a line like how he pretends to not hear her at first so that he can have a little bit more time to think about what his answer is gonna be i killed hugh janus too <laughs> <laughs> that's the janus's dad hugh yeah hugh janus <laughs> 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 um <laughs> no i think that's that's actually a good idea to split this into two movies like maybe not even call it part one and part two because honestly like i don't know if, uh, most people I, I feel like are uh kind of tired of that idea yeah. like yeah. even um dead reckoning the new uh mission possible movie is dead reckoning part one but they're like uh we're gonna call the second one something else because <laughs> reasons i don't know yeah um but i i do think this would have been better as two different movies because they are two very different tones i feel like and styles like Mm -hmm. the first movie could be the bigger budget one where you know all the district stuff all the capital stuff and the the hunger games themselves and then the second one is just like a kind of romance movie (laughs) right romance like like war espionage yeah and it would have been a really good cliffhanger to end it on of like the scene with Peter Dinklage confronting Snow about cheating and being like, you're being banished and we have no idea. Like, you, you don't get to know what happens to Lucy, Lucy Gray. And so ending it yeah. on that note and then the next movie starting like from right after that. Because they kind of try to force a cliffhanger um, in the middle of Mockingjay part one and part two. But this like had one built in perfectly that they could have gone with. Yeah. And yeah. even the end of this movie, and I, I think this is how the book ends too, where it's just like, oh, okay, I like, I it doesn't necessitate a sequel. It's not like, oh, wait to, to see what happens next, but it does make me really want to see the next chapter in him becoming like yeah. evil president. Yeah, because <laughs> um, this was uh, his change, and this was interesting. But I, I kind of liked everything else more than his actual like character development in this movie. I feel like like. It was fine. I thought he was a really good, gave a really good performance, but Mm -hmm. his actual, like, it wasn't as nuanced as I kind of expected. So I would like to see him Mm. become, you know, slowly more and more evil. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of want to see his relationship with his cousin, Tigress, how that disintegrates. We don't even really see 
that disintegrating too much in this movie. So like, how do we get from, yeah, like how do we get from how this movie ends to where she is in the Hunger Games as this like cat lady who like (laughs) is an enemy of snow and yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like she must have been like, you know, is that is that her backstory? Like, was she tortured by uh, Viola Davis or something? Like, why is she a cat lady? She did no, it to th- herself. Yeah, it was like a beauty modification kind of thing that she just like took too far. And in the in the movie, she says Snow, like I was a stylist for the games until Snow decided I wasn't pretty enough anymore. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, when really she's like, you need to stop making yourself look like a cat. It's <laughs> creeping everybody out. <laughs> and I'd be like, no. And he was like, well, then you can't do this anymore. You're scaring everybody. And that's saying something here. <laughs> kind of reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Stop making yourself into a cat. Both the uh, uh, the book and the movie, I mean, because of the book, but I feel like do a great job at, at, at establishing some things with like creatures and everything mm-hmm. um, from the original original movies slash books, like the, the Jabberjay, Mockingjays, yeah. but then also just... Um, Dr. Gall doing all these animal experiments. Like it's a very specific kind of sci-fi in this world. And I like that you get to see the very like sixties-ness of this, like yeah. just post-war. Cause it's like, yeah. what is the technology? Like they have weird, like they have FaceTime, but like over like a weird old telephone. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> they have like intense genetic modification available to them. Yeah. Like what are the big like lizard guys in, in, uh, in a Mockingjay, you know, like big lizard in the in the in the uh, sewers. Oh yeah, oh. those things. Yeah, the the people lizards. <laughs> yeah. Scary. So yeah. it's like they go back to this and they show Viola Davis's like uh, fetus museum, which I think is really cool. Whenever there's just a bunch of <laughs> I want my house weird to look creatures like. in jars. Yeah, <laughs> you already have your own robot head in your display case. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I was just really surprised by how this. Like this movie was better than I expected. Like the music, I thought all the songs were really good, mm-hmm. and along with just the score. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rachel Ziegler really <laughs> makes everything sing. Like she's so she's so good. Mm-hmm. So it's just like yeah. duh. But I I heard a rumor that the songs were clunky. But watching this movie, I'm like, that's not true at all. Like everything she makes things sound good. <laughs> yeah, and it makes me like wonder. It's like did or all the lyrics in the book? I remember some were, but like it's a one of those things. Just like yeah. Where her singing it at least makes them all seem like really good songs, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hanging Tree definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I That was one of my favorite things in the book when we read it is that kind of little origin story of the, the Hanging Tree song. Yeah, that was that's really cool good. Touch. What, what, what do you guys think happens to her in the end? Does she fly away, the girl in the story, or like... Yeah, I think she gets... I think she escapes to the north like her plan was. Yeah. Just be done with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be kind of fine if she just shows up as like a minor character if they made like another book. Yeah. Where she's like maybe trying to lead resistance or something or maybe she's just not related to the war at all. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she's just her... done. It's like, I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah she <laughs> always struck me as like not really looking to be like a hero or a revolutionary. She was just trying to survive. Kind of like how yeah. Katniss started. 
and then Katniss's yeah. thing through. Yeah, she's but... not forced into being a hero. <laughs> right. Katniss was forced to be a hero through for like a propaganda machine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting seeing like the relation of like relating that to like Sejanus, who's just like, I actually really believe in these things and I really want to help people. Not that Katniss didn't, but like she was propped up, you know, and, and like these videos yeah. and everything. And then Sejanus is like more... He's like they're too early to be a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to get murdered. Like yeah. it's the same thing with Star Wars too. Like as they're exploring more of the uh the dark times or whatever, like before a new hope, mm-hmm. basically. And just you know, like in Rogue One, like there's the the hardcore like rebels with uh um Saw Gerrera and everything. Yeah. But it's like too early to actually do anything, so they're just like a a big target. Too mm-hmm. close to the actual war. Like it's too soon. Yeah. Like, no one wants to deal with it yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people aren't ready. Yeah. It's too fresh. Everything's too fresh still for people. Like in Les Miserables. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really, like, I think they do a great job at, like, kind of setting up the whole political system and, like, how just all of that works in, in terms of, like, just all of Pan Am, but, like, the capital and everything, like, how, like, they don't know how to be as effective of, of like, evil people yet. <laughs> you know like they still be evil yet. they're still figuring it out and they're still figuring out all the propaganda but like it doesn't seem like it seems at the point in this empire or whatever it is that people are still like content with it even though it's like a lot of people don't have a lot of money and stuff they're they're kind of just like basing it on lies like even the yeah. people in the capital like a lot of people don't or is that just uh the snows i mean like just just the snows are in that yeah. like bad financial situation well, I think just the snows in terms of like the people at the academy that he's at. But I think that yeah. there were still plenty of people in the capital that were not well off. So I think it's flip, more flip like burgers in Utopia. Right. As like once it gets to Katniss's point, they've clearly been taking more and more and more from the districts, which is probably what what grew into the rebellion was now there is an even like bigger disparity than there was before, whereas in this one that's still like i don't know like rachel zegler's character lucy grace she's able to sympathize with snow a little bit and see like he's yeah. he's starving also and like shares the cookie with him but i mean by katniss's time i think that's gone gone yeah they're having full-blown like roman feasts right yeah absolutely um what's it called like the roman purging or whatever or, uh... yeah that's what it is <laughs> um yeah, like there's a whole thing that uh, Snow says at some point. He's like, oh, we all did things that we're not proud of just to survive. And like that's showcased in just the beginning shots of this movie of like the guy like that's going to eat somebody else because there's no food. And yeah. just everybody lived through this war. And they think this is like even if like the victors of a huge war and like have, have built a society and everything, that's not necessarily going to become like a utopia immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that Pan Am ever does, but it's, uh, you know, they're still rebuilding and everything after the war, even like the, the, the really rich people, like everything mm-hmm. is still like destroyed and like weird and messed up. And there's, there's several times, like even when the stadium blows up, they're like, Oh, it was a rebel bombing. And I, I feel like in the book, there's maybe even more nuance of that where, just like i don't know was it that or are they just trying to get ratings are they just trying to you know, yeah make it more difficult i remember that too yeah i don't know anything else about the ballad of songbirds and snakes i don't know it, it's we always come to this point i feel like sometimes it's like we all just agree it's a good movie and yeah. like okay yeah this one's hard because i think we all yeah we all think this is good and 
it is good <laughs> i i remember it's hard to like huh? i was just gonna say i remember at the end of reading the book i didn't feel like oh i want to see like another part of this story but after mm-hmm. the movie like at the end that final shot i did want to mm-hmm. see more of snow and like his character development so i think yeah in that way the movie was more effective than the book for making me want more of the story would you rather see a snow sequel or a what's his name um oh my god <laughs> woody harrelson haymitch haymitch Ooh. origin story in his time in the game Ooh. yeah that both? would be a fun spin-off yeah they can de-age him <laughs> no. <laughs> down down to 18 16 yeah before he got his wig <laughs> no just this movie tells so much i think just through its visuals and it's like production designs costumes and everything and i really really appreciated that there's not a whole lot of exposition and like you know there's four movies before this so it's like a, mm-hmm. you don't really have to because there's a huge fan base and people have seen the other movies but, but the world I, feels so fleshed out in this one too. It like, really I feel does. Like the, yeah. The other movies give us a skeleton, and this adds like so much flesh and stuff to it. Even District Twelve feels more like alive in yeah. this movie than it does in Katniss's movies. Yeah, they feels have that bigger. propaganda poster up too, and it's like, oh my gosh, already so much more character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you were we're talking about how um, the Capitol too. By the time of like the last Hunger Games book, is just very. Um, the haves and the have-nots and just like so gaudy and like just everyone's stupid and weird and like has like they're just flaunting their wealth everywhere um eyelashes yeah yeah. like just it's all about fashion and style and everything Mm -hmm. which is just like kind of like the peak of uh good times i guess Mm -hmm. from certain people and this feels like i said earlier like very like eastern block like empire or something Mm -hmm. like that where Mm -hmm. i like i'm really curious to see how this turns into that uh, because I, I just the style, yeah, just the architecture in this movie and everything, I find very captivating, and I want to see like this as like a world view, like as if I'm playing it in like Civilization Six or something. I want to see. <laughs> you want to watch it progress. You want to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what happens with the city itself, like uh, or what's that game, City Skylines? Yes, yeah, City um, Skylines. <laughs> but, but also, that's just me and my focus on on all that world building stuff that I like. You're in a lot. the empire building business, Tyler. <laughs> That's why you have a podcast. <laughs> so we can have a podcast network. <laughs> yes, an empire. <laughs> uh, we are recording through Jabberjays, of course. That's how we're doing this. I don't, it makes things a little touchy, but... <laughs> I don't fully understand like the technology of those. I won't lie. Like, why don't they just Why don't they just have a tape recorder? <laughs> 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 They're set to a tape recorder. It's not... It seems like the bird is a weird middleman for just like yeah. having a tape recorder. It is. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I guess it is that, but it's also like it's not a person holding it. So you don't have to be in the room with them. You just send a bird. So, okay, but so they release the birds to hear yes. what people are saying. But then like, do yeah. they just have it like, do they have the record setting just like started when they release the birds? Like. I guess they need long tapes because then, like, the birds have to. There's like several minutes, it was like. Yeah, he is. Does the bird get fatter as it's like. Oh, that would be good. That'd be a good visual representation. The more words it has, the fatter it gets. (laughs) Can't even fly. It has so many words inside of it right now. (laughs) It has so many words inside. 
that is good i like that because like so james has talked so long it's like okay like does the bird hold on to this and its memory like he has to ship the bird back to the capital like is it gonna like remember this How i does think it, it does like as long as you don't overwrite the record with something else I kind like of... as long as security guard isn't like overwriting all the jabber they say butts all at the same time it's like butts <laughs> open it up. like a kid in a toy store yeah <laughs> literally it's like turning on all the all the dancing monkeys at the same time oh lucy gray recorded over this bird <laughs> her she demo track my that's my tivo <laughs> um, yeah that bird has to remember a lot of stuff uh, they did say it was a I, failed method <laughs> right i really like I, I i the more they do it the more i like the like very flintstones like technology in the hunger games <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they have drones Just Genetic don't work that well but it's more so like yeah just the birds being tapes for it's like you could have just come up with a technology for this that like makes more sense but no let's do this instead that's fine <laughs> i want to make birds <laughs> yeah i feel like this movie's pretty gruesome too but like it's very effective this movie's hardcore it's yeah a lot. it really is yeah like you see the fights and the horror happen <laughs> to a lot of people you're not supposed to care about so it's really easy i feel like with like the Hunger Games book by like the second one, you know, so many characters, so you don't see much of like the battles happening or you're so involved in the rebellion that the game stops really being a thing. Yeah. Well, even catching fire, everyone's more specialized in their things. It's like, oh, like, uh, I don't know what's that one guy can swim really well. Right. Yeah. He's like a fisherman's top Michael Phelps dude. And then uh, there's BD who can like uh, do technology. Right, this is like it really is just a bunch of kids that they rounded up and like threw in a bus. Like they don't have yeah. training, yeah. they don't have specializations or weapons training or anything like that. So yeah. it is a bit more brutal. It is like just watching a bunch of kids on the playground just like each other to death. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like like the peanuts like stabbing each other with pitchforks and stuff. <laughs> the peanuts gang. With that one mean girl who's like the leader of the gang of characters, I'm like, why is someone just stabbing her when she's being with her back stirred? <laughs> like, I feel like that's the first thing I would do. She's like, let's go, gang. I just go. Yeah. She's brutal. They all looked like the ensemble of um, the newsies. Oliver Twist. I was oh, going to say yeah. Oliver Twist, yeah. <laughs> like the striped shirt and stuff too they just need like really thick accents um, yeah oh so reading the book i thought I, I remember we talked about this too i thought it was like oh it's kind of lame like the stadium and everything just being like a blown up stadium for this hunger games like compared mm -hmm. to how advanced it gets in mm -hmm. the original books and movies yeah. um but i really liked the uh representation of it in this like it is just that but it just looks it's just very brutal. Like this whole movie is very brutal and brutalist. Like it's just a bunch mm -hmm. of stone that's blown up and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Like it's very drab, but for some reason it was still very engaging to my eye to watch because there's very there's a lot of movies that have like gray kind of palettes that just like oh this just like is not fun to look at. But this was still just there's just like so much information. I feel like every yeah, shot. they learned a lot from the other Hunger Games movies, which do have that really predominantly gray thing to them. Mm hmm. But this one, they have gray and color. <laughs> yeah, especially when they get to District 12, I guess. But which mm -hmm. uh forgot to mention that the director of this, he directed um, all of the Hunger Games movies except for the first one. I like that sort of juxtaposition of where all of the scenes at the Capitol in this movie are really gray and then like 
once they go to district 12 it's kind of like a breath of fresh air and it's like green and the lakes and the colors and then yeah. later on it's the complete opposite for the Katniss movies like the scenes in district 12 are like very drab right. and then the scenes of the capital are so over the top colorful mm. yeah they're mining all their resources to make their stuff great and, you know, <laughs> yeah. i guess it's it's just what it is yeah but just like imagining like going in this lake after like living in the capital for so long like through a war I'm like yeah. i don't know district 12 seems really good. nice yeah 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 it'd be good i'd probably feel very free <laughs> well there's even like empathy i mean this is like oh we'll move to something else or or be done soon but <laughs> it's just all the stuff that like i focus on like even when all the um uh all the tributes are in the are in, in the zoo and uh mm. lucky flickerman's there interviewing them and like uh, lucy's like who are you and then like the people in the background are laughing and then uh jason schwartzman's like hey like don't laugh like some people in the districts don't have tvs probably yeah. it's just like oh okay so like they still like they're obviously exploiting all the districts but you can still tell that the sentiment is that like we are in this together and the hunger games are important because it keeps us united in some weird way yeah there's a another bit i really like with him like being the first to do something for i guess and making something a big deal because he calls the restaurant talking about getting dinner for his wife and for this wife and kid. And yeah. Like, can you move my reservation forward? Like, I know, but like later tonight, I'm, I'm hosting the, the 10th annual Hunger Games. Like, you know, it's it's a, it's a pretty big deal. Like he has yeah. to convince the, the host that it's like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Jason Schwartzman's just like the best in this movie. I, yeah. The whole cast is good, but like he's just really he's just on it. Like, yeah, he I, sells everything. Um, did either of you see the new Wes Anderson movie? Yes. Mm, not yet. I loved him in that too. I mean, I just love him in everything. I love him in general. Yeah, I, I really liked. Uh, yeah, Asteroid City. That's what it's called. Um, yeah, he's mm. great in that movie. It's just, he just has have been having a really good year, uh, along with the Scott Pilgrim stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. yeah, he's in that too. He was also in I Think You Should Leave. Which one was he in? Oh. Don't the one that's like stop talking about your kids. Stop. You make me do stuff. Not the most popular guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I forget about the one where, like, the guy hires, like, kids and stuff to, like, what was that whole skit? Hires kids. Oh, with Fred Armisen. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh. He hires an old man to pretend to be a little boy that he's being Oh, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> so that his this children will really respect fake. him. Is anything else I have is just like little nitpicky stuff like like oh why isn't he sucking the poison out of his snake bite? <laughs> he's just like, are you trying to kill me? Are you trying to kill me? And he just like Lucy doesn't Grant. do anything. It's like, okay, I guess he's fine. Do you guys know. think she actually left the snake under the scarf? Or do you think it just like was kind of a coincidence that the snake was under the scarf? And No, she she did that on purpose. She's really? Trixie. Okay. Yeah, that's like her thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to think she did too, but it wasn't poisonous. But I don't uh, did they ever say yeah. if it was or not? Like it's No, just it's obviously like, not. It's kind of like poisonous. just let me go, like leave me alone kind of thing. Like don't literally, yeah. It's like this is this is the snake that you are like biting you. The snake, yeah, the stripe pattern was a non-venomous snake stripe pattern. Red. Plus, the metaphor even of the Hunger Games is the snakes basically snow protecting her. Mm. And then a snake bites him in the end. Alyssa, were you explaining snakeology to us? <laughs> I was, and then I was happy to be interrupted by it, oh, so I wouldn't have to. No, okay, fine. Okay. No, tell us. Maybe, okay, I don't know. I thought everyone knew this, but I guess growing up in Arizona, we're like, we would actually like go out and catch snakes for fun. Uh -huh. um, so like s snakes that have red, black, 
and then either white or yellow. The, the phrase we would say is red and yellow kill a fellow, red and white, or black and white, you're all right. So if like the oh. black and the white stripes are touching, then it's non-venomous. And so the one that, that bit him was a black and white stripe. Oh. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> is that that's what that's the California equivalent? That's what you that's what you I guys were dealing with. Too. Oh, okay. That's what we were doing, yeah. We were letting it mellow. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> okay, Tyler, whatever you say. Uh okay, this is not necessary at all, but I did like when they dropped off the big like cylinder of snakes. I just like turned my head to Connor and said, That's Yoda. <laughs> why is that yoda i'm still so confused like when he's landing on geonosis to help all the jedi <laughs> but it's oh. just a bucket of snake <laughs> yeah but then it's just yoda in the cylinder and then yoda all the kids have to fight yoda <laughs> goodbye chewbacca my friend <laughs> <laughs> he just cuts him in half <laughs> no idea what we're talking about now in attack of the clones when they all land in the in the uh stadium and geonosis remember oh don't you remember yeah okay remember? i do remember I do. yeah i remember <laughs> don't you know where we are there's no way out we have to talk about star wars there's no way out you can't have an episode without it yeah that's true i oh think we gosh. talked about it on every episode i'm on <laughs> actually i don't know if we did in the breaking dawn or not mm. i'll have to re-listen better. it's okay tyler talks about star wars episode every episode i'm on too <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think that's those are our thoughts on on this movie, right? Like, any yeah. any final thoughts on the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Don't take your children. Go yourselves. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're fourteen. You, they can go. But I have an eight year old sitting next to me, and it was upsetting. <laughs> I don't know. My kind of ending thought is the same how I felt about the book. Of just like, yeah, that was good, and like that's about all I've got. You know, it's like <laughs> it wasn't. It's not my new favorite movie or anything but like i really liked it it met hmm. or exceeded my expectations yeah it's two and a half over over two and a half hours long it, it didn't really feel that long to me no it did to Just, me <laughs> yeah well especially the second half kind of drags i yeah. feel like it does um i i was like the first half for me was like firing on all cylinders i'm like this is all the stuff i love that i want to know more and more and more and more about the capital <laughs> and like the history of all this stuff and i'm like oh yeah here's the obligatory kind of like um young adult romance stuff with uh snow and and lucy kind of kind of like falling for each other like they like kiss and everything in mm -hmm. district 12 i'm like oh well yeah this could be bad but like they still sell it because <laughs> they're both yeah. really good actors like this mm -hmm. could just be like the the um standard like insert the scene here because that's what you need to put in the in in the book or the movie <laughs> kind of thing so yeah it just overall is it, it was a lot well i didn't think it was going to be bad but i would have been fine if it was just whatever mm -hmm. that i'm like well whatever it's just a new hunger games movie like that's cool i just want to get go see a new hunger games movie that's fun especially after all these years and um the fact that it was really good was like a very pleasant surprise <laughs> i know that's like a silly yeah. thing to say but I, it was just a lot better than i expected it goes into more of yeah just more of the world and everything and i don't know like it's interesting following snow even though he's becoming a very very bad man <laughs> like mm -hmm. those kinds of stories but are he's just so clever and smart that it, he's fun to watch 
Yeah. Yeah. And like he at least cares in the beginning for other people and like, but you just see him slowly kind of starting to manip- manipulate more people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just claw his way back. Yeah. I don't know. It was a very delicate balance and uh, it worked for me. So obviously, did your rankings uh, change for you guys? I think I, I mean, I think I said mine before. Sorry, I said it too early, but no, I would, no, okay. yeah, I would go Catching Fire, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mockingjay part. I don't know. I go back and forth on the two Mockingjays on which one I like yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. What about you, Connery? I'll say Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Catching Fire, yeah. Mockingjay part two, and Mockingjay part one. What about you, Tyler? Nice. I'll do Catching Fire number one, uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes number two. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really solid. <laughs> nice. uh, Mockingjay Part 2 is number three. It's hard for me, too, because Part 2 and Part 1, like, I like different parts of them. Mm-hmm. Of the, I like different parts of the parts. <laughs> parts, of the parts of the I just I just really like how the series ends, where it's just like, okay, now I'm in power. And anyways, I don't know, like, Katniss, like, we don't need you anymore, and um, don't talk to us, and we're going to become corrupt also, maybe. <laughs> like, there are far worse games to play. <laughs> yeah. And the original Hunger Games is last just because, like, I, I think it's a good movie. It's just, um, and probably a better movie than than part two or part one, but it's uh, just the camera work. is really mm, it's just hard, hard like for it. me to go back to. You <laughs> it's know? a little brutal. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, those are our rankings of the, our new adv- uh, updated rankings of the Hunger Games. I can't wait to be back on this for the uh, ballads of Songbirds and Snakes two when that gets written the trifecta of tubers and tarantulas <laughs> and toenails a ballad of... that's the working title yeah yeah it's just a working a... title don't worry about it a ballad of blizzards and phoenixes Ooh. a mound of mcflurries and <laughs> mcribs <laughs> the hunger games colon haymitch's wig <laughs> What would you guys? What would? What? Let's let's play a game real quick. What would you predict like the sequel of this to be? What do you want it to be? I think maybe we would see snow ten years from where this leaves off, and seeing I like I think it would probably just be another like Hunger Games that's like vital for like shaping his ideology and like his character progression and like. Um, maybe that it would well no it would definitely tie in a character that we've seen maybe like someone that is in catching fire in the arena yeah something mm. like that some yeah, fan, yeah. bring in a fan favorite or something they could do bd and haymitch or something i think yeah. they're around the same age yeah that's what i was literally about to say i was gonna say we could easily do like kind of a dual narrative thing with like snow rising up through politics and so it's not politics all the time we also circle back to Hamish and his time in the games yeah there has to be a game there's always a game yeah. every single one even in Mockingjay when it's just like the city is the game now <laughs> yeah you see a young Lenny Kravitz <laughs> walking the streets um, with Effie Trinket <laughs> Effie Tr- every Flickerman single rising. character from but they're all babies now because Snow is yeah. <laughs> like 85 years old. Hunger Games babies. 
It's just like Muppets babies, the same. But but like really not good for. <laughs> it's just an even worse Hunger Games in terms of. Oh my god! Yeah. It's just one year when they tried out having just babies in the arena. Be horrifying, sir. They're just pooping themselves out there. They'll starve eventually. Oh my god! <laughs> or it's like in Battle Bots when like the two bots aren't doing anything, so they'll bring in like a flame shooting up from the ground, or like a. <laughs> just I like fire that. erupting next to a bunch of babies. <laughs> Battle Bot babies. Brett, Brett Harvey Jarvis. Harley Jarvis. Bart <laughs> Harley Jarvis. Bart Harley Jarvis. A lot of I think you should leave this episode. Yeah, you know. That's that's kind of just like the safety thing. Like, let's go back to referencing something that's funnier than us. <laughs> hey, remember that thing we all like? That was pretty good, right? Yeah. Really Anyways, good. that past 30 seconds of time on the on the episode. <laughs> We're just time and content. <laughs> no. Yeah, what about you, you Connor? What's your what's your future Hunger Games sequel, prequel? Um my sequel would have very little, if nothing, to do at all with Snow. Like, it, I feel like the story I'd want to tell next would be hard. It's it's either a pure, like, hardcore political thriller with, like, what Alyssa said, with uh, Snow climbing the ranks and a Hunger Games happening that's pivotal for one reason or another. Or what I'd really want to see is, like, young Hamish and the Capitol is now, like, back on its feet again. And it's kind of, like, really starting to work. And getting the idea of like this person who really does not give a shit at all and is like terrified <laughs> like trying to win i guess through like mm -hmm. a really like hacky way it's really interesting like having sequels of like snow because like even just one movie alone is kind of a lot if it's not mm -hmm. katniss anymore you know yeah because well, when he's the villain but like i don't know donald sutherland did such a good job that it necessitated like in some ways necessitated a further exploration of his character yeah but i think instead of all that yeah it's like if they could do like a like, like Hunger Games in the future, where it's yeah. like there are no more Hunger Games. Or wait, what do they vote for at the end? Do they vote for like all the rich people that have to compete in it? Isn't that something? <laughs> no, well, they, they decide not to do that. Right. They vote for it. Katniss is the deciding vote on the condition that she gets to kill Snow, but really she has her plan of shooting President Coin. And then after right. that, it all just kind of devolves. So they're, yeah, I don't think they're going ahead with the the plan yeah because their president's dead yeah. yeah i'd like to see like a 20 years later of like what's going on with katniss and stuff kind of like uh kind of like the sequel trilogy of star wars or old logan or something i don't know yeah, i kind of hope that nothing's happening to her i hope she's just living her life in peace out on the oh, farm oh yeah with Peta. i forgot yeah, yeah. 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 she's safe kids. now her kids get chosen for the reaping oh, god <laughs> And she's their sponsor. And Pete is evil now. He makes evil cakes. <laughs> that really is like bad fan fiction, isn't it? <laughs> is there is there any other kind that I can make? No, literally, That's all it's I got. just like no, no, not even like bad, making bad cakes. I'm just being like, oh, like the games start again, and Katniss's kids are involved, and she's their sponsor, and also Pete is evil now. <laughs> Peter would be evil now. Peter ran for governor of District 12 and he run and he won. Now he's a fascist. <laughs> he's like a Jesse Ventura-like politician now. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would be curious to see actually uh, how, because the whole thing is supposed to be like a dystopian United States. The capital is like where Salt Lake City, Utah is. 
I would, Ooh. I'd be curious to see like how <laughs> the United States, like what happens that makes us like get to this point of being like separate districts and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. That'd be interesting too. Really, yeah. really hardcore prequel. They should do an anime or something of that. Just so <laughs> like their initial war of all this stuff that happened, like the animatrix. Cause that's they like did my it. favorite. It's one piece. <laughs> the, what? <laughs> One Piece is the prequel series. <laughs> because they killed that one pirate guy and so the Age of Piracy came back? What does that have yeah. to do with this at all? After that's where the Age of Piracy ended, they have to reconsolidate. And so that's why 12 districts were made. I don't like where you're going with this. It's after the One Piece was found, Tyler. No. Why do you want to shoehorn One Piece into here? I don't know. I don't care. Delete it. No, I'm keeping it in. I'm keeping it in. I'm I don't just know enough about One Piece to know what is like fact or fiction about what you're saying. So everything. Oh, it's all fact. Okay. Yeah. Not, ask... not so much the Hunger Games thing. Not at all. In fact, I was just being silly. Ask my dad. He likes uh, One Piece a lot. Now. Oh yeah, I heard. <laughs> the live action. Show. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would like like a like a prequel of all the prequels, just to, like see all the backstory because that's something that I really like about the Animatrix is them showing why. The robots that became into like AI mm -hmm. um, went to fight the humans because the humans were doing a bunch of stupid stuff. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like the answer to all these things. Like, there's never really just like, oh, they're the villains and these are the good people. It's usually a lot more complex than that. So always, this the world that Suzanne Collins has created is so fascinating to me, and it's like shouldn't be. I don't know. Like, it's. Is it like some weird like poli sci version of Harry Potter or something where it's just like I want to know all the inner workings of this government and <laughs> and this like every town's like different forms of governance and everything like that. Like I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that. I but... think you're absolutely right. It's political science Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but with like some guns and like a bow and arrow and stuff. Yeah. The guns are really scary in this movie. They are. But yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I guess we're done now. <laughs> we did it we did it we talked about it those are our thoughts on the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes ballad um, of buster scruggs the, ba <laughs> buster scruggs. the ballad of buster scruggs mcribs order that he never got a <laughs> mound of mcflurry <laughs> um Alyssa, do you have anything to plug before we go okay i mean i do i still have yield instagram uh Alyssa hope underscore I'm not making nearly as many costumes as I used to make, but I'm, I have plans on getting back into it. So if you want to maybe see some costumes, uh, check it out. Hell or yeah. ask you for book recommendations. Yeah, that's probably better. And I'm mostly doing book cosplays now anyways. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's good. How do you just you just read what the description is in the book and you're like, I'll just try to make my own idea of this or so is much there already it, like fan art? It's like it's mostly fan art and like enough these books are popular enough that it's like circulated on TikTok and Instagram. So it's kind of like widely accepted what these book characters look like. So it's pretty obvious oh, yeah. to people in the, the book community if you are cosplaying one of these characters. That's good. It's very niche. I like it. Yeah. Can I commission you to make a Moby Dick costume for me? Which character? The whale. The whale. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Why? Why? Uh, the wedding? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wedding. My wedding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, say less. <laughs> Actually, say more. I need to know more. <laughs> No, when Tyler splashes down the aisle as Moby Dick, that's something for all of us to enjoy. <laughs> it's a slip and slide down to the altar. Yeah. <laughs> it's to the song Split Splash, I was taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs>
and I'm just like falling and I hurt my neck, but I'm in a big We all have house. to march in before Lily after dresses her favorite aquatic creature. No, Lily's dress is Ahab. She has like a beard and like a harpoon. Perfect. We'll be one of You're her white whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, Connor, what do you have to plug before we go? Uh, if you enjoy Sound of My Voice and also enjoy tabletop role-playing games, you probably give Starship Impala a listen. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast hosted by myself and four other friends, and we play Starfinder. So it's on SoundCloud, and it's on Apple Music. Tyler, what do you, no, not Apple Music. Apple Podcasts. Oh, my God. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Tiami Vice. Check out my photography work at TylerDennering.com. Uh, follow us at FranchisePod on all social medias. Email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Marin Ganey for our artwork and Nick Baverka for our music. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give us five stars. It'll help us grow the show and get, I don't know, we'll keep making content Just for, for all you. of you. Got to get your content in. Got to talk about <laughs> movies. I can't not talk about movies. May as well make a podcast about it. Woohoo! Connor, you and I were best friends once. Once. Long ago. Before I took credit for your Hunger Games idea. <laughs> yeah, you started the Hunger Games. I was telling you not to, but you really thought it was a good idea. I put both our names on it. History will remember us. Is this a metaphor for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Which one? Yeah, which one are you, Connery? Which one am I? I think I'm Peter Dinklage because you're the one that ran with it. <laughs> and yet you're still stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Or or I'm you had the original idea, so maybe I'm actually Snow because you had the idea and I'm like, we should do it. We should do it. When are we gonna do it? I like comparing us to all these bad evil people. men. Yeah. <laughs> it could happen to us. Oh, we're just a breath away. Thank you all for listening to this episode on The Hunger Games, The Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. Stay tuned next week for some Godzilla action. Ooh. Got a new Godzilla movie coming out, so we're building up for that. And until next time, smile. It's why we have to eat. <laughs> I forgot about that line. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.
Goodbye, Chewbacca, my friend. <laughs>